Welcome to the Impact Podcast. I'm John Pryor. Privacy. It matters to individuals, it matters to governments, and it should be an important part of every company's business strategy. Today on the Impact Podcast, I'm joined by Mark Vecchiarelli. Mark has spent several years working for Ontario's Information and Privacy Commissioner, where he collaborated with top policy advisors, legal professionals, and tech experts. He has worked alongside some of the world's most outspoken privacy advocates, and he's built a strong community of ambassadors. Whether it's privacy, marketing, or merging technologies, Mark's been there. Welcome to the show, Mark. We're glad to have you with us. Thank you very much. I'm glad, glad to be on the podcast. Our pleasure. So listen, uh, we sort of decided that we're, we're not going to get into the Apple and FBI battles. And, and although it's a fascinating discussion and we can go for hours about privacy and freedom and the trade-offs, those are very polarizing issues. And in most cases, the answer is never one or the other, but a little bit of both. I think it'll be better for us to think about a business, a CEO, a startup, maybe even medium and large size companies, and what privacy should be thought of at, at the board level. So yeah, so the, the, the zero-sum game of, of having a trade-off is, is really not the way uh, that companies, and specifically founders, should be looking at privacy. Um, there's definitely a, a, what you would call a positive-sum solution where you can have a win-win where the company can win and you can still protect the privacy of your users. So do you see this as something that becomes a, just a marketing message? Do you think there's more to it from a business value as they look at both sides of this? Yeah, I think there's, there's a number of benefits um, for the company for sure, because you're building relationships and you're building trust um, amongst your, your audience. Uh, and for your, for your, your customers, I think there's a big benefit because I mean, just one, protecting their privacy is, is important to their personal well-being and their personal information. Uh, so I think there's value on, on both ends. In terms of myths that, that may or may not be true, uh, you know, I, I get free information in exchange for getting free information. I let Facebook and all these sites know everything there is to know about me. Uh, I'm getting benefit for that, but I'm giving a lot away. Is privacy dead? I would say definitely not. If, if anything, I think in the media now, we're seeing a lot of concern from the corporate level. A lot of big companies uh, care and want to protect the, the, the privacy of their, their users, but also people are beginning to care more. They, they care more about their privacy settings. They want them to be easier. So I think there's, it's, it's definitely a more important issue. I think about uh, just the knowledge of what's happening out there and, and, I think privacy setting is one element of it. There's not a lot of transparency in terms of what's being happening, what's happening out there. If I install a ghostery, I, I had to take it off because it's very depressing in terms of how many different <laughs> sites are being sent. Do you think as part of this as a CEO, then uh, transparency is the, maybe the starting point for a lot of this? Yeah. I mean, transparency is very powerful. I think if, uh, and you mentioned ghostery, there's a lot of great tools out there that can be frightening um, when used to see how much, you know, you're being tracked, how much uh, you are, you know, you are making that exchange. And this is what you kind of touched upon earlier is, you know, maybe you're using Facebook and you feel like, well, it's okay if I share my photo here or your understanding of, of the, the information you're sharing uh, may not be as complex or as powerful as Facebook is actually getting from you. So they're leveraging a lot of data, and there's a lot of uh, data linkages, a lot of things that come together 
um, that you may not even be aware of. The power there, I think, is sometimes um, uh, a key element to, to transparency. Um, well, you've been involved in the, the privacy work uh, supporting some of the government activities in, in, in Canada. And as I think about staying on this transparency thought, uh, I think people naturally, for example, might just log on with Facebook or log on with, with Google and not realizing that, that even that as a convenience level is passing more information on. Uh, how much should the a government be thinking about regulating this? Uh, I, we're going to cross a tough line here versus maybe a company differentiating itself with, with that degree of transparency. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a big question. And I think it's hard because you're balancing a couple things there. Um, you know, as much as a privacy advocate or privacy fundamentalist might say, you should tell us everything you should, you know, uh, be super transparent, which, which they should. Um, what's the motivation for the company to do that, right? So, so uh, you don't want to scare people away. You know, sometimes you need that to encourage uh, information and data sharing and things like that. But, but I think there's a, a, an important element there that, about building trust with your, with your users. Well, that, that gets us to how the C-suite thinks about privacy then. That, and again, I don't know that every company would or should do this. And I guess each one needs to be looked at individually. We could be, I could be a company that is going to differentiate myself on privacy. And I'm saying, please note, there is no Facebook login here or Giggle. We're going to log you on to us and we're going to just keep your data and we'll keep that privacy. Here's the good things we'll do to you as a user or for you as a user with the data we collect, but we're not going to bring it together and we're not going to feed it up to these larger systems. Yeah. So maybe as a, as a C-suite thinks about this maybe that's an interesting option for example and and again i haven't seen that yet i'm just yeah. kind of using it as a hypothetical for you to react to there is definitely you know from a if you're a c-suite thinking about uh, uh implementing things i let's put it this way if you had two equal uh offerings whether it's you know software web platform whatever it is if one had privacy uh um built into it or something, you know, stronger privacy um, implications, I think, uh, then I think most people would choose the, pri the privacy enabled uh, software. So I think there is a value there and people do uh, uh, care about that. So getting C-suites then to recognize that, that privacy can be a differentiator following on, on this thread, this is, this is kind of interesting that companies should think about rather than just jumping into the pool uh, bad data pool pun, and I apologize for that. <laughs> but jumping into pool every day, all the data is going everywhere. I'm going to help you, and I'm going to deliver great value to you, but also protect your privacy. So there's a there's a benefit versus you know, a scare tactic, for example, for the C-suite. Yeah, I think that's the traditional way is the scare tactic. It's it's always uh, and and it's it is very real. If you look at you know, there's been big breaches from some big companies that have had serious brand. Uh, reputational sort of damage, but um, so you can sell the benefits as a C-suite. You can you can sell the benefits as an organization, uh, whether it be internally amongst other employees or outward facing towards the customer. There, I think there's just a benefit there that is also an easier easier sell, if I could put it that way, to the customer, but also to other people. It, scaring someone into submission doesn't necessarily build a positive environment uh, for growth. And this is scaring the CEO, not necessarily the end users. They don't really quite know what they're in for still, right? 
Well, yeah. If, I mean, if the, if the transparency is not there, then, then there's nothing to scare them about because you're, you're sort of clouding their, uh, their judgment. So yeah, selling the benefits is incredibly important. And that also comes from a place where you, you need to change the perspective sometimes. So, you know, I know that there's a cliche about shifting the paradigm, but that's kind of what needs to happen. Um, for the longest time, privacy hasn't really caught up with technology. It's always kind of a few steps behind. And, uh, you know, years ago, and even today, privacy still looked at as a, as a compliance issue. And it's, that's not wrong, but that's also limited. I think privacy can and should be looked at as a, as a benefit and as, a, as something that has a, a real tangible payoff. That also means a shift maybe in the, uh, in the hierarchy or in the organizational structure. Uh, not so much changing the organizational structure itself, but in changing where privacy lives amongst the, the organizational structure. So, you know, historically, and even today, again, a lot of privacy is relegated to the legal department, and it's only looked at after the fact. So, mm. oops, we had a privacy breach, you know, name the company. They, they, oops, we lost the credit cards. Oops, one of our employees took a USB home and then lost it. Whatever the issue is, it tends to be reactive. And so there's ways, if, as a business, uh, whether you're a founder or even if you're a large organization and you want to uh, consider privacy, the best way to minimize your damage is to consider it early, embed it into things, make it the default, make sure people are not, um, don't have the option even uh, to have privacy breaches. You know, there's a lot of things that if you consider privacy at the outset, and you embed it into the, all areas of the organization, there's a real benefit there. And I even, so uh, when I was working for the privacy commissioner, running an ambassador program, for example, uh, you know, I would ask companies uh, and say, look, you, I understand you want to be an ambassador. And it's really great that, you know, the IT department, let's say, considers privacy by design, you know, that they embed the technology, embed the privacy early on. But how's your marketing department doing? How's the finance department doing? So, is it something that uh, flows throughout the entire organization or is this just one department that maybe is doing it? And on the other hand, you know, the marketing department is just collecting everything and, and, you know, making all kinds of privacy errors. Privacy by design is clearly the right concept. And I, I love the thought. And I know you, that's been part of the work that you guys did for a number of years uh, at the government level. And I think the concept is right. The, the trick here then is privacy by design for almost every part of a company. That's right. And, and that comes, I think, starts top down. I think it's got to start with the, with the C-level. Uh, it has to believe, has to be that, at, just like almost any other initiative at any, at any organization, the C-level has to really believe in it. They have to believe in its importance, believe in its value, and it will trickle down. And then you can hire the experts. And a lot of the time, you know, I would advise that people, if you can, if you have the resources dedicate someone to looking after privacy. Not everybody can afford a CPO or like a chief privacy officer, but if you can have someone who's an, an expert in privacy, uh, that's also advised. It's something that would be, would go a long way. And that person can help to, to educate, you know, uh, and spread it through the organization. So as a, as a board gets together monthly reviews of business, obviously we're looking at the numbers, we're looking at the costs, we're looking at the finances. And, you know, we've been focusing a bit uh, at Georgian on security first as a, as kind of a new focus area. Privacy as well is one of those things that probably needs to make it to that level. If it's crossing all the organizations and all the departments within an organization, I'm not saying it's worth 
days or hours of research, but this is something that's got to be talked about and thought about and presented up at the, up, up at the sea level. Definitely. And I, I think there's a, uh, you know, if you're talking about it regularly and as you're growing your company, um, you can save money in the long run as well by considering it early. It's a, it's a lot more expensive uh, a lot of the time to try to bolt it on as your company's growing things, especially if you take off, if everything's successful uh, and you're not prepared to, for, for some of those privacy and security challenges, uh, you know, whether they be hardware or actual uh, business process, uh, considering those as you grow is important. So yeah, I would definitely make them part of a, you know, your regular meetings. Great. So let's, let's step back. And so now we've got some of the founders and CEO thoughts. Uh, clearly, I'm, I'm summarizing, and I've heard this from you before, that this is the creation of a, of a culture of privacy. It's, it's that important. So we've got founders and CEOs, what, and, you've, and now you've got them at the end of this podcast. Hopefully, give it a good listen here to you. What would you be telling them? So I, I, because I straddle the, the marketing world and the privacy world and, and even the emerging technologies world a little bit, um, I think what it comes down to is behind all the technology, there's still humans. And, um, and ultimately, uh, you're playing a relationships game. Um, sometimes people kind of have a bit of a short-sighted view and they think, you know, if we can just collect this data, if we can just, you know, do X, Y, or Z, then we'll move our company this much further. But I think you want to play the long game. You want to consider um, the benefits of privacy and security. Uh, and sometimes they're not as sexy. They're not over the top. They're, they're not a, a, as great of a selling feature as, let's say, a new technological feature. But they're just as important, if not more important, than the aesthetic. So consider relationships. Consider trust. That's something that I think for me is universal. It's, it doesn't matter if this was 50 years ago uh, or today. Permission-based marketing and giving someone choice, giving someone control, it's just better. It's just, uh, it's just something that pe- we feel more comfortable with. And it's, it's, a, it's an area that I believe now in, in this sort of current day is even more important. We're a lot less likely to let a salesman in the front door, like a physical salesman actually walking in the door. Your trust has to be a lot stronger now. And, and that goes for the digital world as well. Do you think we'll need to, or do you think this will evolve differently industry by industry? Some of my senses at, at the healthcare space is there's more personal data and tracking and interesting article last week that said people will share more of their personal data with their device than they will with their doctors. <laughs> but I, I think trust and privacy is going to come into, into play there first. And I wonder if it eventually would get to the ad-based space or that's gone. I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think there's definitely certain types of personal information that people value more than others. So financial data is one of them. Uh, healthcare data is another one. Um, some information, I, I think also, again, it comes to an understanding of, of what you're handing over. So again, in terms of healthcare, people are a lot more reserved because they, it's a, it's a more of a one-to-one. They understand their personal issues and sharing those they would probably feel very uncomfortable with. In the healthcare area, there's still lots of great ways that you can have a win-win. So you can, and, and this is to the credit of a lot of healthcare companies, but they're making it 
more comfortable and a little easier for people to share information and sometimes even feel great about it. So for example, there's uh, different types of uh, like the Ontario brain Institute. I know was one um, that I had contacted and they uh, do great things through the data that they collect, which is, you know, aggregate data, it's anonymized. Um, they can find and identify trends using big data that have never been identified before. Um, and so, you know, if you're handing over data that is potentially going to help other people prevent, you know, uh, let's say disease or uh, troubles that other people could, could uh, may have to tackle, then one, you feel good. And two, you can feel more secure with sharing that data. And that's more of what the healthcare industry needs. Interesting. And I think people are, I, I, maybe I'm a little jaded. I think on the on the ad placement side, there's enough anonymization to matter. At this point, people are going to get targeted ads. They're going to not necessarily like retargeting. They're going to still complain about it over dinner. <laughs> but I'm not sure that's going to change at least for a while. Yeah, I think, I mean, in the, the ad space, as I see it, is a little more ruthless as well and a little more, um, you know, I was talking about the long game earlier. I think a lot of times in advertising, they play the short game. So they just want to kind of get eyeballs on the ads. They just, you know, it's just counting how many people have actually looked at an ad and, um, and they're not as concerned with playing the relationship game and building the, the, you know, building trust because, you know, the, the dollars come in when they get the eyeballs on the ads. So uh, I can completely understand, you know, your perspective on that. I think it's not everybody's like that, but that's also just the nature of that kind of business. So we'll stay out of the ad tech space. Everybody else should probably be, be playing the long game then, eh? You don't have to, but I think there's, there is value there. And, and I have a preference for, for companies that you know, care about relationship building, that care about trust. I think that's also why security matters. If you want people to... How much more valuable is it to have someone who wants to give you their information instead of lifting their information without them knowing? Uh, you know, if you can, because if they've volunteered that information, you've now got an ambassador and you should treat that information, uh, you know, as, and I know a lot of people do, they treat it as currency, but they treat it more as spending currency than as actually, you know, uh, uh, valuable savings and making currency by building personal information. So we, we often talk about companies uh, and we think it's important to, to, to build a corpus of data to, to leverage it with all the new tools that are available. Uh, it seems very complimentary then while you're doing that, you probably should uh, think more about the privacy and security of that at the same time. I, I guess it's also important to make the point that I don't, I don't also have the view, or, and I think many people you know, who are my marketing colleagues and friends um, and even advertisers, I know it sounded like I was pretty hard on them earlier, but <laughs> I don't think they have a malicious, not all of them, uh, maybe very few have malicious intent. Uh, sometimes, you know, that's, that's really the value of security first and privacy first is um, you're trying to reduce the errors and the accidents and the, you know, uh, the, the vulnerability um, by, by embedding it in because not, not, it's not everybody's trying to, everybody's trying to make a living. Everybody's trying to make money. Of course, that makes sense. But if you win in the short game, if you say, you know what, I'm not so concerned with uh, privacy or I don't want to spend any money on that, or I don't have the time for that. And you have the damage later. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's your loss. And so even if you have these short wins, you kind of, you don't want to, who wants to have a short company? You know, you want it, you want it to last the tank, the, the, the tests of time. So. so if I ask you to look into your crystal ball, uh, uh, 
do you think we'll get to the point and my sense is it'll be a technology an enabling technology like like the blockchain perhaps that will allow users to actually truly own or be in complete control of their data and make choices as to where it's going and enable it to be used for certain things and not other things, perhaps. Is this a Pollyanna view, or do you think at some point uh, the world will evolve, we'll get to that, that level of uh, privacy? I, I hope we do. I hope uh, that we get to the point where people still have control over their data. Uh, it, unfortunately, is not going to be so uh, natural. I think we will have to take hold of it. Um, and like I said, if the trend sort of continues where privacy is kind of catching up, then maybe it won't happen as quickly as the emerging technologies, um, you know, are, are evolving. But I think for every time that privacy or sorry, that like marketing or new technology comes out, uh, there is always a, a sort of a pushback, uh, to keep our data, to value our data, and, uh, and to realize it's worth more than just currency to marketers. I think it, it, it matters to us. It matters to our uh, ability to create and to just have personal lives. <clears throat> I think that's important to a lot of people. And I, I have to, uh, just to, to zero in a little more on, on your question is, um, you know, I've worked with and, um, and had the opportunity to meet and even interview some, some great companies that are doing just what you're talking about. And the challenge isn't so much does, you know, does it exist or, or I think what we're both talking about is will it take off? And I hope that we don't have to have something bad happen, you know, repeatedly mm -hmm. uh, breaches or, or, you know, people get to the point where it really is a big brother world uh, for us to take control of our privacy to that extent. Well, it's going to be quite a journey. Mark, I think so. Mark Vecchiarelli, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much, John. It's been great.